0: Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, Chapter 21. Beginning in verse 16, we read, You will be handed over even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. They will cause some of you to be put to death. You will be hated by all men for my name's sake, and not a hair of your head will perish. Several places in Scripture we are told that in the end there will be a great falling away. Some will depart due to persecutions, and some will leave for the enticements of the world. Some will fall to the ease of the butchered doctrine of soft faith churches, but the departures from the faith will increase in equal frequency as to the increase in birth pangs. We can't expect the game to get rough. Families will divide over this issue, the cost of discipleship will increase, and fewer and fewer will be willing to absorb the cost. After all, family first, right? Ah, the pieces are politically and religiously being put into place even as we sit listening to this today. I have already seen many a man back away from the committed faith because their wives would have none of it. And the cost of a Christ-centered life is getting higher by the day. And fewer and fewer are willing to surrender the world to know him. Verse 19 says, by your endurance, you will win your lives. You see, of all the evidences of one's genuine faith, there is none as telling and as sure as the element of endurance. When things get hard and the walk of commitment waxes difficult, it will be only the truly redeemed and the passionate believer that will make the journey. The original language speaks of a strong endurance, not a, not a passive waiting. It is an endurance that operates in the realm of the active offense, not passive lethargy. Will we wait for him on the front lines or in a back back pew somewhere? Verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you know that its desolation is at hand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, lest those who are in the middle of her depart let those who are in the country not enter therein." Now with a near prophetic fulfillment in view, Jerusalem would indeed fall in 70 AD to the wrath of General Titus after there had been numerous small insurrections against the rule of Rome. It was one of those staggering yet often forgotten moments in the history of mankind. The General Roman General Titus and the Roman army behind him laid siege to Jerusalem, and when it was all finished, the temple was utterly devastated and over one million Jews were dead. Those who purposely or inadvertently heeded our Lord's warning and escaped Jerusalem before all was lost, they roamed the earth for the next 1900 years before finding their way back home again on May 14th, 1948. The other gospels speak speak of this 1900 years as the age of the Gentiles, a time in which non-Jews would control Israel. That age came to an end when Jerusalem was officially turned over to complete Jewish control on June 7th, 1967. Hardly a day has passed that has not found Jerusalem on the pages of the world's newspapers since that time. The books of Daniel and the book of Revelation, uh, which match in detail the similar prophecies given by Christ in Matthew and Mark, they would clearly lead us to the understanding that Jesus was herein not just speaking of a near fulfillment. Those gospels speak of the abomination of desolation, which in its simplest understanding, was meant as the ultimate in desecration of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. Once again, it's understood that the short-term prophetic fulfillment of this event occurred in the second century AD upon the action of Antichus Epiphanes. He was king of Syria at that time and he defiled the temple by going so far as to offer a pig on its altar and sprinkling its blood throughout the holy place, not to mention the murdering of hundreds of thousands of Jews, including women and children. Some see the prophecy fulfilled in the ransacking of the temple by Titus also, and no doubt both of these are the case, but it is also clear that there is yet another and greater fulfillment of this prophecy that has yet to come to pass. And from the book of Revelation, we can gather that the full manifestation of the abomination of desolation will occur in the last days in the person of the Antichrist. If you have the rather fortuitous lack of insight and find you have missed the rapture, you may just have a chance to see these events unfold. But I gotta tell you, if you do, run, run, run. Verse 22 says, For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who nurse infants in those days! For there will be great distress in the land and wrath to this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and will lead captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. The motivation behind each of these abominations is, is of course, revenge. Revenge and hatred of God's chosen nation, and ultimately, revenge and hatred for God Himself. But this is no surprise to God, for it was written, quote-unquote, concerning these things long before they actually began. Such times will bring anguish to those who happen to be in the way during the wrath of men. Pregnant women and those with children will be prime examples of the suffering. The suffering in 70 AD at the hands of Titus, or 167 AD at the hands of Antichus, as well as the ultimate pain that will transpire at the hands of the greatest atrocity known to man, the Antichrist, all these are encompassed in this verse. Verse 25, there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and on the earth anxiety of nations and perplexity for the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting for fear and for expectation of these things which are coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The magnitude and the details of this passage certainly are not known in its complete in completion, but The sound of it certainly stirs the soul, doesn't it? There will undoubtedly be natural catastrophic events in weather and in the heavens, and with it will come unparalleled political rest and upheaval. The nerves of men will be rattled by the daily newspaper as well as the local world around them. There will seem to be no place to escape the global unrest and social breakdown. Governments will struggle to keep order and scientists will scratch their heads in frustration men's perceived control of the world around them will come to an end, and how poorly men are handling things today. And if that's true, one can only imagine the chaos that will transpire in that day. Many passages in Scripture tell us of the profound cosmic disturbances that will precede our Lord's Second Coming. A few of them are Isaiah 13.10, Isaiah 34.4, Ezekiel thirty two seven and eight, Joel two, verse 30, 31, and chapter four, verse fifteen, Haggai two, verse six, Zechariah fourteen, verse six, and Revelation six twelve through fourteen. Now concerning the events of nature, maybe you're familiar with Emanuel Vilikovsky's book Worlds in Collision. In that book, we get an idea of what our world will be like in its description of what will happen if the heavenly body, if a heavenly body, uh, came close to the earth and caused it uh, to tilt on its axis by skewing the gravity uh, that we all live under each and every day. And this is something that is seen uh, to be in our future. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.